0: In this English remake of A Home Invasion Nightmare, two psychopathic young men take a family hostage in their cabin. If you're in the mood for games, this is the movie for you. We watch Michael Haneke's Funny Games.
1: and screamers podcast we are a production of slasher sports bringing you the best in sports and entertainment so let's kick this thing off i don't want to waste any time let me introduce my co-hosts this was your movie tell us how you felt about it and tell us why you picked it final girl casey
0: i picked it because as i believe our listeners are aware i love a home invasion movie and this one is a wonderful example Awesome. I would
1: Hello. agree. I would agree. And I have a lot of opinions on it. You have a lot of opinions on it. And I know our other two guests are going to. Guests, hell. Co hosts are going to have. I'm, see, right now I'm in, in, in Nasty Nine mode. I'm trying to get this baseball <laughs> podcast going back. And yeah, I'm thinking about it. I only have guests on it. But no, other two co hosts. First and foremost, the godfather of droll, James Brown. Yeah. James, you sound pretty clear today. What's going on over there?
2: Well. I got me a new mic today. Oh! Found it in the closet. Found it in the closet. That sounds like bullshit to me. About a year ago, (laughs) Mm -hmm. now pulled it out. Well, speaking of
1: pulling it out,
2: the Memphis menace, Rick
1: Sims, Ricky, slide on in, son. What's up, man? Hey, same old, same man. It is good to see your ugly face on the (laughs) screen. Well, we almost didn't didn't make this work tonight, did we? We all got got obligations, man, but also got an obligation to the horror community.
2: I have no obligations. (laughs) And that's why you are the way you are, James.
1: That's why you are the way you are. But you know what? We're not going to waste any time today, all right? We're, we're racing against the clock. so I could have done this on a and...
2: Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock.
1: <laughs> Do you mean tomorrow, Tuesday, because <laughs> you probably haven't watched it
2: yet? <laughs> Next Tuesday, yes. <laughs> well, you know
1: what? Let, let's kick this thing off. And uh, First of all, I need to tell on somebody quick. Okay, let me tell on Casey. Yesterday or the day before, the day before that, I don't remember. We try to tune out these conversations, forget about them as soon as they're over. I had reached out to uh, my co-host here, and I said, "Hey, anybody got any ideas? Anything they want to work in this week? Anything gonna change?" Casey hits me up on the side. I thought she was gonna make fun of Rick, and she says, "Hey, by the way, I don't want to. I don't want you to sound like an idiot, but like." S-E-G-U-E is pronounced Segway, you know, wrote it out like it's spelled or uh, like it sounds. And I said, Casey, I'm aware. She goes, yeah, you've been saying seg. And I'm like, yeah, people shorten that out quite a bit. Like, ah, yeah, I'm going to seg over here and, you know, gonna have a little discussion with with Bob. No, People talk like that now, Casey. You thought you had me.
2: I didn't think I Especially had you, you
0: but I didn't realize that I speak formally in Old English.
1: <laughs> Old Gaelic, probably, you know. So, <laughs> well, she thought she had me, James. She thought she had me, she thought she had me, Rick.
0: She's trying to be a friend.
1: Well, for being a friend. Thank the... you. No, not even that. <laughs> Okay, I almost did. I couldn't do it. Though. All right, well, you know what, Another Rick... time. Listen, Rick. You have got to have some info for us on Rick's. I, I I kind of want to put everything with you know horror themes, and instead of calling this Rick's rundown, what do you what do you say we call it Rick's breakdown? Named after you know the Kurt Russell flick. That was pretty good, right? Rick's breakdown. I
3: like that. Alliteration
1: man. aside, yeah. you know.
3: Well, Rick, give it to us, man. All right, man. So we did uh, Funny Games. Uh, came out October twentieth, two thousand seven in the United Kingdom, came out January 19, 2008, in the U.S. Uh, It's rated R. It's an hour and 51 minutes. It's considered a crime, drama, thriller. Um, Locations, it was filmed in all in Long Island, New York, um, and a soundstage in New York City as well. Uh, One of the taglines is, shall we begin? Uh, Some really quick trivia. Uh, The film is an exact shot-by-shot remake of the Austrian funny games that came out in 1997, also directed by Michael Haneke. Uh, the production crew used the blueprints from the 97 seasonal. The set of the house in 2007 American remake has the same proportions of the 97 set. Um, actor Tim Roth has said making this film traumatized him. He will never watch it. He was particularly disturbed because Devin Gerhart, who plays the kid in the film, resembled his own son. Um, actors and actresses Naomi Watts she's pretty much the biggest one in this man she's been in uh, she plays as Anne in the movie she's been in King Kong she's been in Mulholland Drive she's been in The Ring Uh, she's been in a lot of stuff Total Hammer not even going to argue in the discussion right now how did you know
1: how did you know Rick you've been (laughs) reading my mail have you been reading my mail (laughs) or my mail intuition
3: (laughs) right um anyway michael pitt he plays paul i couldn't really find a lot on him he was in a lot of tv shows uh, tim in Boardwalk roth, Empire. yeah um tim roth plays george he was also in the hateful eight pulp fiction Playing the apes 2001 reservoir dogs selma hardcore henry he's in a bunch of stuff uh bradley corbett plays peter he was in a movie called melancholia with kirsten dunce he was also in a lot of miscellaneous tv shows uh boyd gaines who plays fred was also in Porky's. he was in sure thing he was in fame um so if i'm missing the actors or actresses fill me in but man that's who i got it was a pretty
1: small cast, um, which is fine. I mean, there's not a lot of people to keep up with. I mean, you actually named a few people who it wouldn't have mattered had we not touched on them at all. Um, right? They had very small roles, and you know they're in a couple of scenes and they disappear for the rest of our lives. But this is a fantastic film, in my opinion. Uh, others may disagree. Others will disagree. i be sure. But let's see what the professionals have to say about it. Casey, I know you've got some Rotten Tomatoes info.
0: I do, and I think we have yet to have a conversation about the hammer of the movie. I have a differing opinion. But first, Rotten Tomatoes. Always so, done. gotta go back to what Roger Ebert thinks. He's a uh, class reviewer of our horror movies. Very interested, as of late, of what he's saying. Well, said. Always uh He said, this isn't a movie, it's a thesis. Funny Games represents the laborious execution of an abstract notion. You don't have to sit through the whole thing to get the point unless you really want to. So he is not a fan. Rotten Tomatoes said it is a 52% tomato meter, 54% audience score. So pretty close to the critics reviews. Uh, We've got, let's see. It's a tawdry kind of horror movie plot given new meaning by Haneke's considerable intellect. Is it a good one? Uh, And then a bad one is Defenders of Funny Games repeatedly point out that it shouldn't be fun, but if it isn't, then it should at least be subversive. So we got some good and bad, but overall it is considered rotten by Rotten Tomatoes, but I feel differently, and that's what we're allowed to do here. Well, are we, though? Are we? Because it seems like anytime
1: we feel different, we try to just pound on Rick.
0: Well, you know, know, there's something for everyone.
1: Okay, true. Okay. I'll 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 take that. But you know, how did how did this compare to the Austrian version? Do do we know about their uh, at least their scores, maybe not the comments, but the scores?
0: You know what? I didn't even think to look at that, but I'm happy to.
1: I didn't either, honestly. I
0: just type funny tomatoes.
1: <laughs> funny tomatoes would be a fantastic film. Um I'd watch it. I would Show me maybe. the money. <laughs> James. All
0: right, Rotten Tomatoes has that one. Okay, um, even with it being a shot-for-shot shot remake, uh, which it is, we've got uh quite a different point. So we've got a sixty-nine percent for the critics and an eighty-three percent for the audience.
1: You know what that makes uh, me is- think? I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but it, I'll, I'll lose this thought if no, go um, for it. If, if I don't bring it up in the um. James, you might be able to expound on this a little bit uh, as well. But well, let's go to the, the pro wrestling world. It seems like you could have a move-for-move move copy in, say, the WWE and a match over in Japan. And there's this one uh, wrestling critic, I guess, a uh, wrestling dirt sheet writer, who will give that Japanese mat, like, five stars and then the WWE match three stars. His name is Dave Meltz. Um, I think that those critics... Who gave the Austrian version such a high score and the American to low score, or I guess the English version to low score, are probably trying to follow just like a, a trendy, you know, a, a cinephile type snobbery. <laughs> you, you think that's fair? It's like, oh, it was the the European version; it was so superior. I watched it. There was no hammer in that film.
0: Damn! Is that what it's all about, though? A hammer
1: on a movie that's cheaply made like this? Absolutely.
0: Well, that leads to the discussion, I suppose. Who is the hammer, after all? It sounds like Rick saying it's Naomi
3: Watts, but Real quick, I don't know. If I said this, uh, but the budget was fifteen million. Guess how much it grossed? How much? One million two hundred ninety-four thousand dollars. So it was pretty much didn't even make its budget at all. Damn.
2: Just as I expected, this movie. So, I agree. James so we're is a split. hater. Yeah, James
1: is a hater, and so is Rick. And I, we're, we're split on this. So the only way that I can really think to settle this would be tag team deathmatch. <laughs> I've got Rick.
0: <clears throat> I don't think I would win a fight against any of
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rick. Rick's a little bit of an ankle biter. I saw him do it. I don't trust him. But guys, listen, we're gonna get into this flick. We've got something to take care of, though, don't we? We you have got to play
0: a game. We got a funny game. game.
1: We're gonna play a funny game before we get into funny game, and that game is called Crack the Case. Let's go over the rules. Segway, seg, segway. Mm. Let's go over these rules, all right? Crack the Case, the Milton Bradley game. It's a party game for two or more players, and is ideal for team playing. I don't need no rules. Well, you might not need them, James, but somebody does. Okay, and we're here for the population, not to suit you. Nothing suits you anyway, James. You couldn't be bothered to, to say something nice about this movie. I watched it no live. <laughs> yeah, nothing suits James. But a moderator reads one of the 108 case cards to the active playing team. Players then have to solve the case by asking the moderator the right questions, solve the most cases in the least amount of time to win the game. Of course, we've modified the game to fit the podcast. So our three investigators will take turns asking questions until one of them can solve the case in full. So let's get to the crime.
2: Pop quiz, hot shot. What do you do when I'm the moderator? When you're the moderator is the day that I lay out of this son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) This case
1: is entitled, Don't Shoot, and the case is as follows. A group of people are sitting around a card table at Nick's house. Suddenly, a man appears at the door with a pistol in hand. He enters the house and fires two bullets at Boris, who falls to the floor mortally wounded. As the gun-wielding stranger stares at the body, Nick reaches into a drawer, pulls out a gun, and shoots him. On the way to the hospital, the intruder dies. Days later, Nick is arrested for both murders. The mystery? Why was Nick charged with the murder? And give me one moment to read. Oh, no, this is just fucked up. Alright, well, Casey, since uh, this movie was uh, your victory, we're gonna lead off with you with a questioning.
0: Um... Okay.
1: I know it was a lengthy a lengthy case, so if you need yeah. some kind of clarification, I won't hold it against you on the names. I can actually uh, reread it if you like.
0: Um, I think I've got enough to ask a question this round. I'll probably have you repeat it eight more times later. Will do. Um. So this is not a question it's a clarification nick is the one who is being charged for both murders and we're trying to figure out why so did he hire someone to kill the other person the intruder to do that yes and no Mm, okay
1: we're gonna try to solve
0: i sure wouldn't
2: jb let's go with you uh hmm was somebody cheating at the card game no rick Wait, James. Yes and no. I'll come back to this one. Yes and no.
1: (laughs) There is no moderator, too, sir. (laughs) Would you like to try to solve? No, Ricardo. Memphis Menace.
3: Was the card game? Was the card game a game where you bet money?
1: Yes, but that part is irrelevant. Would you like to solve it? No. (laughs) Final girl, Casey.
3: Mm, did they know the intruder beforehand?
1: Yes and no.
0: I'm going to punch you in the mouth. Yes,
1: yes, actually yes, they knew the intruder.
0: <laughs> okay, thank you. I do not want to solve. Yes
1: and it.
2: no. <laughs> well, <laughs> my
1: final answer. Well, you know what, James?
2: Phone a friend and get a question because it's your turn.
1: Hmm.
2: Was Boris related to anyone at the table?
1: Irrelevant. Would you like to Sagittarius? Rake your question. Um...
2: That was supposed to be egregious. Sagittarius <laughs> egregious. So you came up with Sagittarius, <laughs> apparently. Was the weapon already at the house? No. Yes and no. <laughs> I can already answer that. Would you like to solve Rick? No. <clears throat> Casey.
0: Um, Billy, I couldn't hear you. Did you say no, the weapon was not in the house?
2: Yes no,
1: and the weapon, no. The weapon was not at the house.
0: Thank you, James. Um, Let's see. Uh... Sagittarius.
2: <laughs> Sagittarius.
0: Was Boris up to nefarious activity?
1: That big?
2: Nefarious. Nefarious. <laughs> define
1: nefarious come
3: on webster
0: (laughs) like evil bad
2: antagonistic no no No. jb was was this over a woman was this a crime of passion bill yes it was Hmm. so boris comes in and shoots who
0: no boris got shot by by the intruder
2: nick shoots boris the intruder But Boris killed somebody before Nick shot him. James, I think
1: you're uh, mixing up names. You've got the the gist of it, but the names are mixed up. A group of people are sitting around a card table at Nick's house. A man suddenly appears at the door with a pistol in hand. He enters the house and fires two bullets at Boris, who falls to the floor, mortally wounded. As the gun-wielding stranger stares at the body, Nick reaches into a drawer, pulls out a gun, and shoots him. On the way to the hospital, the intruder dies. Days later, Nick is arrested for both murder. Why is Nick charged?
2: Me? So we don't know the name of the intruder. Is the intruder a woman? Irrelevant. But it was, a crime of, it was a crime of passion, though. Indeed, it was. Just let me your, your let me think. Why oh, have I not got a clue yet? Yeah. You're supposed to give us one though. After so many turns.
1: Yeah, do you think we've gotten to so many turns, James? Do you think we're so deep into this round that you deserve a clue? Yeah, I've
2: asked several questions. <laughs> You've asked three. So okay. does that mean
0: after Rick we get a clue?
2: That would yeah, be the true. third round.
1: Yes, which is coming to an end after the Memphis Menace asks his question. and attempts All serve right, I'm going to ask my question. Um, well, hang on. I think James is still uh, pondering whether he's going to solve or not or if he's just going to keep jerking us around. This ain't
3: Jeopardy. Come on.
2: Hurry up and ask your question. Question, Rick.
3: All right. Since I got the green light, um, was the hmm? You just had
1: this damn question. You wanted to hurry and ask this question just to sit there in silence, Rick. well no, I'm
3: trying to. Okay. Was the person since you said it was a crime of passion was the person related to the victim who got killed? Well, that's insane. <laughs> no. I, let me rephrase that. Was was Define the dude that related? Got, on somebody yeah
1: oh, wait shit. wait hang on hang on, hang on. Ask, ask that question again because you did kind of cut out a little
3: was the dude that got killed was he cheating on someone yeah
0: mm-hmm. what's the clue no wait rick
3: do you want to solve I, it I'm sorry so give us a clue
0: yeah what's the clue
1: what the victims didn't know hurt
0: what kind of fucking clue is that hurt
1: them? that's not
0: my question that's not my question
1: well it sounded like your question <sighs> go ahead casey thank you well, dealing James With a couple of boneheads over here, so they need every advantage they can get. James is probably over there eating crayons right now. He's,
2: <laughs> I am astonishingly baffled at this case. Well,
0: James has proven himself to be the cerebral assassin, though, so watch him come up and solve it. Mm. Um, so, the intruder's mind
2: is like a steel trap, a <laughs> Chinese finger trap. Like that hell in a cell. Puts his fingers in his ears and they get stuck. Who's drinking a Yahoo at nine thirty at night? Yay? <laughs>
1: I did open up a Yahoo and started drinking.
2: It, it. ain't a Yahoo; it's a Yahoo.
1: Hell
3: yeah! It's a
2: Yahoo. What are you talking about? Billy, I support you. Keep drinking your chocolate here. starfish hot dog flavored <laughs> water. Isn't
0: Yahoo just chocolate water?
2: It's chocolate hot dog water flavored. <laughs> it's worse. You know, I used to say Yahoo for the longest
3: time. I do believe that.
0: Well, James is saying Yahoo, so <laughs> turn that one he, on Ted.
1: He sure is. Hey James, what do you call those little sausages that come in a can? Little bitty hot dogs? The Viney sausages? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so happy that you said it that way.
2: It's Vienna dog. <laughs> no, it's Vinay. Viney, vine-y. <laughs> Ain't nobody in Vienna eating a Viney sausage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling that right now. You
1: don't know that, <laughs> <laughs> and he says it so seriously too. <laughs> <laughs> we were little, and uh, uh, James's mom's uh, significant other. Uh, basically roasted James because James either asked for him or asked who they were and he said, what the hell did you just call them? Oh my god. Oh, that tickled me. <laughs> Whose turn is it?
0: It's mine. It's still mine.
1: <laughs>
0: um. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what I can even ask. Um, okay. Did Nick know that the intruder was cheating on, I guess, Boris's girlfriend? Or that Boris's girlfriend was cheating on him with the intruder, I guess?
1: First and foremost, I do need to clarify, I never said who was cheating on whom. No. Okay, well let's get that out. That's for all three. Never said who was cheating on Okay. So the answer so to your I'm question wrong. the answer to your question is I don't know. <laughs> That's the best answer I can give. Rephrase your question. There you go. Re-
0: um okay. Was Boris's girlfriend I'm presuming girlfriend here. Was Boris's girlfriend cheating on him with the intruder?
1: Yes, it was no. Okay. Cheating and, that,
0: and that is who was cheating on whom. And
1: the thunder rolls and lightning. Uh. Who did you say was cheating on whom, Casey? I, I, said, low, low, low.
0: I said Boris's girlfriend is cheating oh, on him. James! Boris's girlfriend is cheating on him with the intruder. No. That's motherfucker.
1: Well, you know, would you like to solve? <laughs>
0: No, I
2: would not.
1: Keep in mind, guys, Nick is the one who's arrested for these murders, okay? Yeah, why? Well, yes, I, that is the operative part of this thing, to win it. Why is Nick arrested for the murders? JB, ask your question if you would. Hmm. Uh, every time. Huh. Just, Just to clarify, what were we trying to solve?
0: Why Nick got arrested for both murders. All, all right. right.
1: So, yeah, why, why Nick? Because they're all playing a card game at Nick's house. Boris is one of the guys at the table, amongst other people. Intruder comes in. Pops pops Boris, Nick, out of retaliation, grabs a gun out of his drawer, shoots the intruder. The intruder dies on the way to the hospital. Nick is arrested for both murders. by just murdering the intruder. <laughs> normally murder.
2: Well, I don't know why they would uh, charge Nick with both murders. You, well, yes, James,
1: because the case literally says, why was Nick charged with a murder if you knew this
2: wouldn't be a game? <laughs> you are correct, sir. <laughs> Let it now. Let it stop, uh, Mr. Uh, Connery. Uh, let see here.
1: Throw a question under so, your steel trap of a mind.
2: Nick obviously knew the intruder, so Boris was obviously. Oh, my God. I like how James takes the B. Ob- 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 obulously. You're supposed to take the B out of there. And you put, an, uh, put a U in it. Obulously. <laughs>
1: Sagittarius.
2: This is egregious, sir. This is a travesty. So Nick was charged for the murder because he incited the anger from the intruder. Whoever, whatever happened to Boris, Nick knew about it. I don't know. <laughs> James is the type I of guy to dance before the music starts and then stop when it starts. <laughs> I do not have an answer. Rick, your question:
3: Where are they playing poker? Rephrase your question.
2: Yes and no. <laughs> where
3: are they playing? Were they playing a game of? Can I rephrase it?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Were they playing a game of chance? <laughs> a
2: what? You can't play a game of chance for money. What is this, Shanghai? What no. is a
0: game of chance?
2: It sounds I mean, like an old game Jack Burton played once, like <laughs> where you had to catch that bottle. That guy's going to chop it in half with that machete. Like I'm thinking
3: it. like roulette and craps and all those other ones. Sorry. Those all are right. games. Anyway, uh, were they playing a card game? That's my question. That's yes.
0: what it says.
3: Dude, I don't know. This is hard as hell. You gave us a really hard one. That's what she said. So, <laughs> would you like to solve?
1: No.
2: My Casey? brain is melting.
0: When do we get another hint, Billy?
2: Right now.
0: Good.
1: Yes. Both Boris and the intruder had blank looks on their faces. And blank is in quotation. It's
2: because they were dead. Ooh. <laughs> mm-hmm is Boris dating Natasha is there a squirrel and a moose involved in this what <laughs> Boris and Natasha, Rocky and Bullwinkle.
1: You're the only one <laughs> that drew that oh. because I have no idea the names of anybody oh, except nobody Rocky, knows and knows
2: who Rocky and Bullwinkle. Is Boris and Natasha Rocky. are
0: the bad guys?
2: Well, that I didn't know. I only I'm know Rocky and Bullwinkle. Just retarded. Oh. Well, you can't say that.
0: We don't say well, that here.
1: Say that. God damn it, James!
2: Listen to me. Whose so turn they're is they're it? Cool. Mine. Be, I'm on the spectrum, it's... and I won't know about this mouse and this bull. What the? <laughs> Boor... Casey, carry on. Okay,
0: they have blank looks on their faces because. Yes.
1: And blank is in quotations.
0: Blank, blank, blank signifies
1: blank. irony, James.
0: Um.
2: Like when I usually make a statement and I do air quotations. Exactly, there are two fingers. I don't, this, uh, I space. don't believe you.
1: Both Boris and the intruder had blank looks on their faces. Try to okay. wink at you guys when I say um,
0: blank. Um, um, um,
2: they didn't believe that they got shot.
0: Was Nick' girlfriend cheating on him with Boris? Yes. Okay. I said that well,
1: go. Uh, I don't think you nailed it to Nick and Boris. I think you asked, uh, you know, generally, what, what, was there some cheating going on? And that's why, well, I, I gave some early yes and no answer really, What question? Because you so, said was there was there some cheating at the ball at, at the poker game? And I said yes and no. So
0: so so so. Hmm. Did nick hire this is like a solve situation i'm not just asking a second question of course um oh good did nick hire the intruder to kill boris
2: yes and no (laughs) you're so fucking precisely (laughs) james your question nailed it all right (laughs) <laughs> yes and no let's see here Hmm. did the intruder yeah i guess he did never mind um, did the intruder yes
1: rick your question just kidding go ahead go ahead
2: jane did the intruder know who boris was
1: i don't know
2: <laughs> what do you mean you don't know is that just like
1: actually let me reading here no wait actually yes The intruder did know who Boris was. This is a little shaky part of it because it it does affect the outcome. Mm. So the intruder does know Boris. All right. Yes. Menace, your question.
3: Does the intruder... Let me rephrase that. Did the intruder know the card game was going on? Like, was he aware of it?
1: Yes. (laughs) Shut that damn dog up, James.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Man, I don't know, man.
1: Casey, pass. This one gets really sticky on, on on the detail.
3: At what point
0: do you get to pick the movie next week?
1: Hey, if, if you guys tap out, <laughs> if you guys are tapping out, then I'll read this damn thing because I got a doozy of a
0: movie. Um, I don't want to give up, but at the same time, like I feel stupid as fuck right now. Um, I feel stupid for you. Thank you. I appreciate the solidarity. You're welcome. <sighs> was it a setup that the intruder was killed as well
1: yes would you like to solve
0: i'm trying to figure out how that fits so in some former fashion nick had boris killed yes or no yes and no ish and then also set up for the intruder to be killed as well that's not a solve though are we close like is something happening with what we're, oh, you're where we're so, headed you're
1: so close you're, you're you guys are so close on this
0: Okay, You're just so, not putting
1: a, a single detail together. And it does have something to do with the clue. Obvious, obviously, Sagittarius. Blank, blank,
0: blank, blank, blank.
2: That's why they call them clues.
0: And the first clue was that they, what was it?
1: What the victims didn't know. Hurt them.
0: Victims didn't know. Was it supposed to be a prank?
1: I mean, it's not your question. You have a solve. Um, okay,
0: I'm sorry. Um. So, okay. Solve, solve, solve. So, Nick set up... This is a guess. Nick set up as a prank for the intruder to come in and scare Boris. But he set up knowing that the intruder's gun was loaded. And the gun that he would shoot back at the intruder with was loaded. So, he set up a prank knowing that it was actually reality
1: you are paper thin on this like you are so close on this. there is one detail in the solution if this was only in the story i could allow that but i cannot allow it because of one detail in the solution
0: james rick help me out
1: james your question
2: do what <laughs> Show me the money! Alright, so on a totally different subject. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, I'll hold my findings until later. Alright, so Rick shoots the intruder. <laughs> but only after the intruder shoots Boris. Did you hear any of what Casey said? <laughs> Why? No, because I was looking at something else. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: James, Casey, like, nailed it with minus one single detail.
2: Why is it Casey winning, then?
1: Because there is minus one single detail.
2: You add up all the details and subtract that one. What you got? And that,
1: and that one is... Well, it doesn't matter because you don't know what all to add because you were looking at something else. Shenanigans! Your question, hey, James. Did you I, bow out, I bow out,
2: ta- I bow out.
3: He's bowed out like a gentleman. I'm
2: done. Rick? Like a turkey
3: on sure. Um, you said they had a look on their face, a blank look. I did. So was the blank was the blank look on their face? Were they surprised? Uh, re- rephrase
1: your question.
3: Like you said, they had a blank look on their faces. <laughs>
1: well, did they have a
3: surprised look on their faces? Okay, a blank no. look is like blank. I mean, I'm sure a they surprise.
1: did, but the blank does not refer to a surprised look, and in, in fact, yeah. like blank is the opposite of surprise. Like, surprised is <gasps> blank is... <as, laughs> I don't know, dude. I, mean, I don't know. Casey? All for Casey. Uh, Thunder Rose. Casey, if you can get it this time, it's all yours. If not... Uh, lightning
2: strikes. <laughs> all right, Casey, I'm going to listen to what you had to say this time. I don't believe that. Minus the one certain detail <laughs> that I will find out. Is
0: the detail that I'm missing regarding the blank faces?
2: Yes. Would you like to solve?
0: Ooh. Mm. I'm trying to think of what so it's in quotes mm. all that shit I said before but just, also
2: just remember one thing Yeah. if Casey continues to win we have to watch foreign home intruder videos until the end of time
0: you did not watch a foreign movie because of me you watched a foreign movie because of Billy
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: well, um... now I know I'm so pissed off <laughs>
0: Billy, I'm bowing out.
1: Guys, this was uh, fantastic. Investigators must discover that Boris and Nick planned a gag for their friends. They hired an actor to appear at their poker party and shoot blanks at Boris. But a vengeful Nick put real bullets in the gun and the actor unknowingly killed Boris. Nick, pretending to protect his guests, silenced the actor by shooting him. Now, that is the solution, guys, but the details are in the story. Boris had been cheating... uh, Well, actually, Nick's girlfriend had been cheating on Nick with Boris. And... On his way to the hospital, the intruder was revived for a moment and spilled beans and then passed away. Thus, the police come to Nick, arrest him for arrest him for both the murders. And the blank look on the face, the reason it's in quotations, is because they used blanks, or he thought he was going to use blanks in the gun. But Nick replaced the blanks with real bullets, a la Brandon Lee and the Crow. R.I.P. Brandon Lee. I don't
2: know anybody. That Anybody was, who would do that. You would have figured that out by the fucking clues and what you read. it. I, you don't, I guarantee you right there. now, James, I guarantee every you. Every these. I'm not buying a dime of it. I like James taking shit out of every one of these because you're not James, reading something. I guarantee you. <laughs>
1: I guarantee you I would bet my paycheck that there's somebody screaming at this podcast right now saying, yeah, the blank looks on their face was because they shot blanks.
2: I do not believe that. You I'm sure think that somebody sure. would
1: take that buzzword blank
2: I and say, telephone oh, the bullets were supposed that to be Somebody could call in and say, <laughs> hey, I know the answer to this. Someday well, we'll have a live
0: episode and our listeners can call Someone in and
3: cuss us out. Me. Someone is screaming right now with the answer.
2: No. Guaranteed. There's no way. There's no impossible way that you could have figured out all that he just said by the little story he gave us and two clues of... I got a blank face and uh, (laughs) whatever the other clue was. It wasn't even worth paying attention to. You know
1: what? There was a lot of stuff that wasn't worth paying attention to, uh, according to you, James, because you didn't even listen to (laughs) the nearly 99% of what Casey solved because you're over there watching CSI or something, watching David Caruso put his hands on his hips. All right? (laughs) Billy, are you going to tell
0: us what we're watching or wait till the end?
1: Oh, I'm telling you right now, baby. (laughs) Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof. It is a uh, Yeah, it, it is uh, one of my most favorite movies of all time and probably top three, top four on the Tarantino scale for me. Um, his one true horror movie, and it is very much a stalker horror starring Kurt Russell, starring an ensemble of fantastic female actors, one Zoe Bell, we're talking about Rosario Dawson, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Tracy, what is her last name? I wish I hadn't even started the name because now I'm going to sound bush league. She's fantastic though. Okay, we're talking uh, Sydney Portier, the uh, email version, not the the old Dead version. And guys, this is one of my very favorite movies and I hope you love it. And I hope you tune in next week to hear it. But right now, we're going to talk about Funny Game, guys. This is one of those films that once you finish—or at least, this is the case with me—but you know, once I've finished, I've got to rewatch it because knowing how the story ends, I've got to go back and look for small signals that might you know, spell the, the the fate of previous characters who seemingly were either normal or something might have been up with them, but we just didn't know at the time. Does that make sense to you? Like, or, or, This is one to re-watch to, to catch the early small details.
0: Yeah. I agree with that.
1: Yeah. Well, good. Because that's <laughs> what I did five times this week. And Rick, I'm glad you jumped in with it because it took me a total of five seconds in this film to know that Naomi Watts is the fucking ball-peen hammer of this film because Dude. Naomi Watts is undefeated in hand-to-hand hammer combat. No okay? question. In everything she's in. King Kong... The Ring the ring, or The Grudge? Which one was it? was in The Ring. The Ring. The Ring.
0: I feel differently. That's all I'm saying.
1: Well, you know what? You can throw a name in the hat if you like.
0: I would love to. Michael Pitt is the hammer of this movie. Gross. You're oh, gross.
1: I am gross, but you know,
0: I'm not an actor.
2: That man has lips like wiggly worms. <laughs>
0: <laughs> James, I don't accept that comment.
1: Now... It is imperative that, you know, we take this in at the beginning of the film. And I'm talking about, you know, Naomi Watts. Because, you know, later on, no spoilers. But it kind of becomes impossible to look upon her in such a way, given the circumstances. I just wouldn't feel right about it. But, uh, you know, we learn that Hammer and company are not strangers in town, uh, per a roadside conversation from a good distance, mind you they're confirming a, a golf date with, with some neighbors and if this is the first time viewing like are there any red flags at this scene i mean it's a rather awkward interaction but again not alarming to me i mean all, all we see are some people standing in a group nothing of note happening when naomi watts yells and her name is Anne. when ann y- yells to them to joke about practicing being against the rules because you know they got the golf date they all kind of look at each other and then finally she gets the answer right so you guys alarmed at this point i mean Maybe by watching the trailer. I know uh, Casey doesn't like to watch trailers. Do you remember this being a thing? Like, were you alarmed at this point in the movie?
0: I think vibes are totally off because when they're asking the question, like they kind of wait. At this point, we don't know that their names are Peter and Paul, but they kind of wait for Peter and Paul to approach them as if they're waiting for permission to answer the question the way that they'd like.
3: I was yes. more alarmed when they played that stupid music shit after that classical music was in the car and I had to mute it because that was so annoying.
0: Because you
3: got scared. You got scared, no, Rick. No, it was, it was annoying. You got no, scared that right i jumped. talking about it.
0: I've watched this movie I don't know how many times and I jumped when that music started. I think I do every time because I never remember.
1: But I don't think the music is actually coming from the radio. I think no, that is. I don't think so okay. either. Yeah, that's they are very much listening to the classical music, and then the the title track is what happens. Um, and and I'll tell you why you jump every time. Um, because you're scared a little bit. No, I'm kidding. Um, the reason is because the music actually starts before the uh, what is it? The like the title. Um, is it like a scroll, a crawl? What do you call that? It's not a crawl um, because it's not moving. Um, the title card. Yeah yeah so the music yeah well the the actual card the letters funny game um before that comes onto the screen the music just boom right right in your ear so you don't there's nothing visual sometimes you see something and hear it at the same time and you know you, you get a different reaction but you hear that loud music at first and then you see the the card and it's like oh that got me even though even if it didn't get you I'm sure your your ears perked up quite a bit more than if you had seen the, the title, you know, the title card at first.
0: Yeah, that's a good point that there's not an associated visual cue until after the music already starts. That's definitely part of it, I think.
1: Like a but split I know second.
0: When we're coming in with this extremely fake driving sequence, which I absolutely adore in a movie, um, I think it makes it very clear that these people are like affluent as hell. Like they're listening to opera, which is kind of a you know, sophisticated thing to do. They're they're going to like a lake house, like a vacation home. Mm-hmm. But this house is like the size of a home. And this is clearly their house because you go in and there's the whole family's shoes, knives in the kitchen, all kinds of like stuff everywhere. It's not like they had to pick up and pack all their stuff to take to this place. They just have enough stuff to stock two houses.
1: Oh, yeah. And, you know, they make it home. And at the time, I didn't know if this was a regular home or a summer home or what. I mean, and I was like thinking it could be that it's just a regular home on the lake and I'm just poor.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Well, I you. don't remember what I thought when I first watched the movie, but I know now, like, having known that it's a lake house, it's like, holy shit, I cannot imagine having enough money to stock two houses completely comfortably. Yeah, I mean, I
1: would almost, I would almost want to also murder them.
0: Oh, absolutely. Oh, but, yeah, I mean, like, these are the type just, of people, go ahead, sorry. Even just looking at the fact that they had, I counted, I think it was like nine pairs of shoes by the door. Just separate that they didn't bring.
1: I'm so glad you said that because I was thinking these are the type of people who like take off one pair of shoes to put on a different pair to go out and get the rest of the groceries out of the car. Like we ain't the same fam. (laughs) We are not. They're not the same, but we do get a closer interaction with George, um, who is played by, almost said Eli Roth, by Tim Roth. Um, <laughs> yeah, different different guy altogether, the bear Jew. Um, but, you know, w- w- with the neighbor, uh, you know, the male neighbor more specifically, uh, who introduces Paul, um, who is, per him, the son of a business associate. Um, again, you can you can really sense something as odd, but still... What?
2: The son of a plumber.
1: He's the son of a plumber, and... You know, but red flags are not really going up still at this point. Other than for the simple reason that we know what we're watching, like if, if this came on the uh, you know the Lifetime Movie Channel or, or O.W.N., then uh, you know I wouldn't be thinking twice about it. But you know back at the house, uh, you know there's a metaphorical pirate ship with nothing but red flags uh, coming up into the picture. And again, Naomi Watts, who we know as Anne, is uh, visited by someone we have not met, and he's uh, he's there on the on behalf of Mrs. Thompson, who, who I guess the visitor at the gate is Mr. Thompson and his wife uh, back home, but he's there to get some huevos, four of them to be exact, and huevos eggs, you know what huevos are
2: what's that? It's Spanish
1: for eggs James, come on no. man, you got a half Mexican nephew, come on, see si. thank you, but you know what, this kid seems like way too polite for him to be real like when I encounter people like this guy like well, what he seemingly is like I'm automatically put out by him like th- they've not asked anything of me actually, but I feel like they're like wanting me to match their politeness and I just don't have it in me like, I'm a polite guy, but I'm not like, would you be so kind as to blah blah blah? I'm not that kind of guy. Yeah. This guy was on my nerves from, from the jump. And I'm talking about and that, uh, Yeah, talking
3: and that's what I said to you. Like earlier, like you could tell I I could tell right when he walked in the door and his mannerisms and how he started talking. I was like, dude, this guy's a, he's a creep. Like you, you knew it, you know? Well, here's the thing, though, and, and this might go back to
1: what you were saying about not liking the film. Maybe in your mind, you're telling yourself, I have to figure out if these two guys are the bad guys. But I don't think that's the case. If you watch the trailer, you know they're the bad guys. But what you don't know is how the the evening unfolds. Is that fair? Is that fair to say?
3: Yeah, I mean, I never watched the trailer, to be honest, at all.
1: so. Right, so maybe there's nothing telling you that. Yeah, we know these are the bad guys. We just don't know what happens. But when you see it without any kind of preface from a trailer, you're thinking, "Well, they're not hiding it. They're not hiding anything very well. That these guys are bad guys. It's very
2: obvious." on, too, Bill.
1: Yeah, and I didn't like that at all. Did you? (laughs) No. No, dressing like Mickey Mouse. I don't dig it. But, but you know, this kid who we would eventually come to know as Tom. Or Beavis. Or Tubby. Or Peter's, Yes. Becomes progressively accident prone in this scene when he's first meeting Anne. And I feel like it builds a, a nice level of questioning from the viewer. Like, I, I personally found myself asking, okay, he's purposely causing these accidents, and now I need, I need to know why. What's he after? So, naturally, I can't get bored during this scene, although it's clearly not a dramatic scene at all.
0: I think there's a lot of tension, though, even if it's not a dramatic scene. So, first, I'd like to note that he does a really effective job of making you uncomfortable, making her uncomfortable. Um, he was 19 when this movie was filmed, and I think he took on this role, and I think when it really comes to terms for me that it's certain that he's uh doing something wrong or that you're supposed to feel off about him is when he knocks the phone into the sink because you know, like in a horror movie, disabling the phone is kind of the first thing you want to go for. Yeah, but this and was, I know this it, was
1: a pretty creative way to do it.
0: Yeah. Cause I think they're the most polite home invasion, home invaders of all time.
1: And that's what makes it so terrible.
0: Yeah. Like they're clearly come from like some level of money as well. They're really well-spoken. They're smart. They like the, efficiency at which they play the quote-unquote games they're smart guys
1: well you know originally when this movie was made it was not meant to be and i'm talking about the 97 movie not the, the shot for right uh, in 97 this movie was made to be a commentary on the the desensitized you know youth of america to you know to to violence to just readily accessible violence on tv and it's people like that who, who get everything, the video games and, and, and whatnot. But um, this was not meant to be a horror film. But little did they know, home invasions are, you know, right up our alley. So, Absolutely. Uh, we very much made it so. And, you know, um, not... I guess we shouldn't forget that Naomi Watts was actually requested to be in this movie by the director. And I believe she executive produces the movie as well. I could be wrong about that. I find out I'm, I'm wrong. I'm going to cut this out. I do not want to be painted as a liar. It's not what I'm about. Not now. Not ever.
0: She so, is pretty. Produ- she is listed as one of the producers. So you're right.
1: Thanks. thank, <laughs> thank. But, you know. Like, the subtle character development here is, you know, Tom, he's not only accident prone, but, like, he's also a little intrusive, you know, and having cleaned up those broken eggs, um, he's clearly not, she's clearly not wanting to give him any more. Cause she doesn't bring up any more eggs, you know, but you know, he basically invites himself to an additional amount by breaking down the supermarket math <laughs> and saying something to the effect of, well, they come in dozens, do they not? That leaves eight, and that would leave you with four. And so this guy's clearly not afraid to press his luck. And like you said, it does a great job of making people uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable. It was a, a really cringy scene to watch, but I mean, like if they simply wanted to invade the home, they could have just done that. Like what's the psychology behind the the progressive intrusion?
0: It's the games, right? I mean, like the movie's called Funny Games and we've talked about how it kind of makes commentary on media violence and stuff like that. But repeatedly in the movie, they reference, uh, I know at one point they say the importance of entertainment uh, as far as someone references why they're doing this, why they're acting like that, why it's taking so long, what the point is, because, you know, not to skip ahead too far, but they do make a bet. As far Mm -hmm. as how long the family is going to survive. And they kind of ask, why are you doing this? And they say, don't forget about the importance of entertainment. Uh, And I think they're having as much fun with it as they can, you know, obviously not the way a normal person would take it. But I think it's interesting that this is a commentary on violence when a lot of the violence happens off screen. I know Rick messaged me um, in the, you know, group chat that we have about the podcast and He threatened my life, I believe, if the dog died. And unfortunately, that does happen. This is, I believe, the third movie we've watched with a dog death. Um, I know the relic had one, and there was another before that, I think. We've had three dog deaths. I know this.
1: I don't remember the one before the relic, but I do remember seeing the message from Rick. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I'm, that almost made me happy to see the dog die.
0: Okay. Well, just dial that back just a touch.
1: I mean, anything to hurt Rick, anything. And I do mean anything. But, you know, those lines that were delivered, you know, those were delivered by Paul or Butthead or, um, there's another, there's a third name. Yeah, Jerry. So, yeah, so we're, we're joined, you know, the home shortly after by him and of course he's immediately drawn to the set of golf club in the foyer you like that one James foyer so he wants to sw- he wants to take a swing with one of these clubs, which he's allowed to do, okay. Club so,
2: bay. Oh.
1: so he exits the home <laughs> <laughs> to hit a ball toward Sorry, the bay. Sorry,
2: I fell asleep there a minute.
1: I'm sure you did.
2: <laughs> see,
1: so Paul exits the home to hit the ball towards the bay, which you know, or he says he's going to. He's allowed that by Anne, okay. And we don't know what he's up to until later on. But back in the home, Anne feels that this has kind of run its course. She's asking the boys to I see the boys an intruder. No, the, Not the working. Whole, yeah, so like the, the whole interaction from you know, Tom and the eggs to Paul and the golf clubs—it feels so cringy, so cringy. It, it's hard to just keep looking. But it's like you, you almost feel embarrassed for Anne. To have to address the things that, you know, she's addressing. Or at least I felt cringy.
0: I mean, it's definitely uncomfortable. I know it gets to a point, like, if you have a party at your house and you're waiting for people to leave so you can go to bed, that gets a little bit uncomfortable. When But when you're actively asking people to leave who are not welcome in your home and they're not leaving, I can only imagine the, like, mounting stress that she's facing.
1: Absolutely. And both boys substantially larger than her. Husband's not in the house, but he finally shows up. So Tim Roth, or George, comes in and Anne is pleading with him to, you know, throw him out, which I felt like he was gonna... But he was way too lax. And, you know, I'm using the same logic here as (laughs) when (laughs) Justin Verlander took those mirror nudes with Kate Upton. (laughs) So if Kate Upton says we're taking mirror nudes, we're taking mirror nudes. If this fucking hammer Naomi Watts says we're throwing people out the house, we're throwing people out the fucking house. Okay? But he didn't. What did it get him?
0: Knocked in the knee with a golf club.
1: Knocked in the knee with a golf club. But, you know, that's what I also... This is kind of where I give the side-eye to this film. So, George, he basically takes the same whack to the back of the knee that Harry gives Lloyd on Dumb and Dumber. And all he did was, you know, scream and walk it off. And George, he ends up looking like he'd gone through the alien removal scene that uh, Nomi Rapaz <laughs> did in Prometheus. He's, he's all sweaty, depleted. Like, lacking in, you know, essential vitamins and minerals.
0: <laughs> and, he looks bad.
1: He looks terrible. And forget looking like someone who's aborted an alien. He looks like the aborted alien <laughs> from a whack to the back of the knee. Like,
0: why does he look like this? I made a note watching it that he looked like Cariel was not Saw. When he's just getting worse and worse looking <laughs> chained up in a basement. <laughs> he looks exactly like
1: that. Yes, he's turning gray. Like his skin yeah. is turning gray. And it, there's circles around his eyes and he's sweating for no reason at all. Um, He's in the house and he got a club to the back of the knee and he is sweating like a hound dog.
0: Well, I think it broke his leg, right?
1: Okay, if you want to get technical about it, it did break his leg. Why do all five of our characters have the same hairstyle?
0: I don't know if that's true.
1: Maybe not the kid. But Tom, Not Naomi Watts. Tom, Paul, George, and Anne all have the same hairstyle. Hers just has a little curl at the end. Hers, mm, long fine. part. Thank you. Fine. I, didn't, fine, I didn't like that because hey, none of these people are in in the running for the hammer and unless you say
0: that well, Michael Pitt is in the running for the hammer. Man. Um. So, but the dog death, which we don't see, mm-hmm. the way Michael Pitt or uh, Paul brings it up is he goes to borrow the golf club he asked to borrow the golf club of george's are we gonna call the dad george and the son georgie is that how we're gonna differentiate this yeah okay cool That's so he got. goes perfect he goes to borrow george's golf club goes outside to hit a golf ball and then when he comes back and everything starts kind of going to shit dad gets knocked in the leg with the golf club he holds up the golf ball and makes them guess, like, why do I have a golf ball? And then Peter if is I kind was enough said to, to hit in
1: the bay, right?
0: Right. And Peter is kind enough to bring out because you didn't hit it, and that's when it comes to Anne's attention that the reason we heard Lucky hysterically barking earlier and then kind of whimper and go silent is because he killed the dog. And then makes her so he makes her guess why he still had the golf ball, which of course is that he had used the club in an otherwise manner. And then play hot and cold to find the dog corpse
1: and there was no hiding this corpse other than the actual hiding of it um th- they didn't they didn't just show like a tail sticking out of a box you know they didn't show like uh, you know just a a, a a head with with some blood like a blood, a blood trail no they showed this limp dog corpse fall out of the truck sli- or the the vehicle uh, I guess it was an SUV slide off the back of it and hit the pavement very hard scene to watch very and that makes me want to hear from rick
0: (laughs) yeah rick as someone who was not pleased with the concept of the dog dying how did you feel about the way it played out
3: and that was before he even knew it was going to happen um yeah so i didn't know hold on sorry i didn't i didn't know anything going into this um Honestly, uh, not to get too deep, but a person that's lost two dogs in three years, I don't really like seeing that shit, even sure. if it is in a movie. Um, so yeah, I was kind of like, why the fuck do they have to kill the dog, honestly? i Well, that's a very I good didn't.
1: question, but they did indeed have to kill the dog, Rick. Because, I, I didn't
3: see the point, but I didn't direct the movie, so whatever. Well, I, but, I'll, hey.
1: I'll tell you the point, um, and or at least the and what I got from it. And we can go back to the point that I made when I said, this is one of those movies that you watch a second time, right? And the reason you watch it a second time is because now that you know what has happened, you want to see the small micro behaviors of all the characters that were affected up until the point they meet George and Anne, okay? Well, there's a point when, I believe it's Paul who asks and if he can take a swing with the golf club. And she goes, sure, go for it. Or whatever she said to him. There was a look of satisfaction on his face. And at first you think, oh, he's got that look of satisfaction because he gets to swing this golf club. But later on, no, you know he gets this look of satisfaction on his face because now the animal that could very well keep them from succeeding in these games is about to go bye-bye. And the way he's going to do it is by doing it with the, the golf club that Anne herself permits him to use. The dog yeah. had to be gone for this to work.
0: Yeah, because the dog was not about them. Definitely, Mm-mm. the dog also had the bad vibes we did.
1: Yep, yeah, barking his ass off at the gate. that was not going to work for them. But you know, like an an interesting scene. And this is you know past the dog scene. We can move on, Rick. If if you've healed from this golden retriever uh falling out of the back of a fucking Rav Four, they're not driving a Rav Four. They they, I they think wouldn't.
3: It was anyway, that's my opinion. But anyway, I get that.
1: The only way it would be pointless is if, or not pointless, the only way it could have worked is if there never was a dog. With a dog, this plan doesn't work. Without, it works like it, it works.
0: But again, for a movie with a criticism of violence, we don't see him kill the dog. Right, he may have drugged the dog. And we don't see, technically, the dad get hit with the golf club. We see the golf club once it has hit him, but we don't see the actual hit. Oh
1: yeah, and that golf club struck. is not bent. It is no. not bent whatsoever. And you're telling me a golf club wouldn't bend on a broken ankle or whatever he hit him with? Or wherever he hit him? Yeah. Mm. So it, it, it does really mask a lot of the violence, and but I don't think it loses impact, you know? No. But, you know, in, in a couple of scenes in after this, you know, it's interesting how they they maybe show a crack in the, the iron iron facade of the intruders. Um, Paul tells George and Anne a fictitious story about Tom's home life and his mother. Um, Tom starts to cry, and I don't think this should be overlooked. I think there's an underlying attempt to make the audience believe that the key to George, Anne, and George Jr. getting out of this alive is to flip Tom. Appeal to his fragile mind, convince him he's a good person, convince him that like not much has happened anyway. So they can easily just say that George fell or whatever. And she actually used an example like that. But during the scene, that was later. Um, but during this scene, like, I found myself thinking that he was the key to getting out of this.
0: Kind of turns around as quickly as it starts, though. And uh, Paul kind of doubles back and goes, this isn't true. You know this isn't true. And then continues to kind of spin some different fabrications on mm-hmm. what the possibility could be. And it becomes very clear that. We don't know them the same way that they keep switching names and switching, you know, roles in the kind of rigmarole that they're going through. We don't know their background. We don't know anything about them. And they make that very, very unflinchingly clear to us.
1: Absolutely. And the next scene can be a little triggering. Um, I knew you'd jump all over that one, James. (laughs) (laughs) That one just went in his book, (laughs) but I I do think the next scene bears some significance in the plan of Paul and Tom. Um, They have Anne, uh, well, more precisely, they have George instruct Anne to take off her clothes and then, of course... They let her get dressed again really quickly. Um, sort of. You know, sort she of. Only gets to, yeah, she only gets to her underwear before a scuffle breaks out. But this is where I disagree that this is a or an exact shot-for-shot shot remake because in the original, uh, Mom gets um, told to undress much later in the movie. They wanted to do it earlier in this film to make Anne more vulnerable earlier. And Naomi
0: her. Watts made that suggestion.
1: Really? Okay, was yep. not aware of that, but that's um. I mean from a, a, a woman's point of view, it would make sense, you I'm sure. <laughs> well, you know, she again, she only gets to her underwear before a scuffle breaks out and that allows uh, allows Georgie to escape. All right. And guys, this is what I meant when I said that, you know, we uh you know, we gotta take it all in at the beginning because seeing Naomi Watts like this like, in such a situation it's not what how will one of you the hammer right that ship has nail sail so precious memories from that little flowery sundress uh, it's not even a sundress but she was fantastic and now it's gone now she's in crazy pain um she's disheveled. They're abusing her, the husband, the kid. But, you know, Georgie makes a good run for it. You know, he, he runs next door or, uh, you know, to the neighboring home. Of course, he's soaked from running through the water, but he's smart enough to recognize that, you know, he's leaving water trails everywhere. So he takes off his jeans, his shoes, his socks. But the little dumbass doesn't see those little footprints he's leaving them with his bare feet. Like, wh- what do we make of Georgie's attempt here?
0: It's well-intentioned.
2: about as dumb as me trying to watch this movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> James, you love this movie and I don't want to hear any more about it.
2: Is it just me or is this movie too smart for me?
1: James, we've watched a lot of movies that are too smart for you. But you know, you really, James, here's where I take exception to your little ramblings about, oh, I'm a dumbass. James, you're one of the smartest dumb people I know.
2: The weevil wobbles but it does not fall down.
1: (laughs) You will say Sagittarius when you mean egregious. And then you'll turn around and just swoop into this crack the case game and Butt fuck us all in the mouth and win it.
0: okay.
2: <laughs> How does that even work?
1: it It works, James. It worked. All right. But you know what? Georgie's made a good attempt. but who is this he finds dead upstairs? I'm not up, uh, <laughs>
2: stroking my ego back yeah, to the
1: back to the movie. like who who does Georgie find upstairs like lying dead? Is that Eve or is that Jenny that he was? asking about earlier on the boat we didn't talk about that but he was asking for jenny who i guess is um you know the kid of or the daughter of the next door neighbor
0: i thought it was, it was mrs thompson
1: I okay
2: do not know. Yeah. No. i
0: thought he ran back over to their house so i thought it was mrs thompson and that like i know at one point naomi watched us something about well they're gonna come over and they're gonna see what you guys have done and blah 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 well, they're not coming over because when they were over there i don't doubt that they played the same games with them and that that family ended up dead
1: Oh yeah, they most certainly ended up dead. And I do think that was one of the family. Um, I just don't know if it was Jenny or E.
3: It, upstairs or in the kitchen, it's like a tile floor, and you see mm-hmm. somebody's feet. And I can't remember who it. Who yeah, it, it was like a, I like, assumed like a, it was Mrs. Thompson.
1: It was a larger body, but they didn't really specify um, Jenny's age group. But, you know, I think Georgie did a bang-up job, like, in this movie, especially in his biggest parts. You know, this is his biggest input of the film. Uh, a lot of the times he's just kind of crying to mommy, and that's totally fine. Um, but, you know, he's finally cornered by Tom, in uh, the neighbor's house. But, you know, he's gotten a hold of a shotgun, double barrel. You know, his, his little hands can't, you know, pull the trigger. It can't pull the hammers back on both barrels. He's got to, you know, he, he flicks one, and then he has to use the other hand on the other. So it shows you, like, the, I guess, the, the fragility of Georgie, even though he's trying to do grown folk stuff. He's forced into it, right? I mean, he, he's standing his ground. You know, he, he doesn't hesitate to pull the trigger when, uh, when, when Tom tells him to do so. But, of course, there's nothing in the hole. Foiled again. But, Georgie, he, he shows some uh, fortitude here, James.
2: Some intestinal fortitude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I thought you were going to come out with a testicular fortitude. But, you know, it won't be the last That's time you disappoint me tonight. We're not talking Lance wrong. But, you know, Georgie's great. They ask very little of Georgie. Just act scared. Spectacular. And in your moment show up, and Georgie showed up. But of course, this is before Paul brings him back to the house, and Tom blows him away with the same gun. What? played a little the game of eeny meeny Money Mo, and at this time they were supposed to blow away Anne. i guess
3: paul that's pulled, what
0: they make it seem like yeah
3: yeah paul pulled the trigger on the wrong person
0: which yet again we don't see it happen
3: we don't see it happen yeah, they're showing nascar on the tv for a, a three minute shot i'm like come on well that happened in the original as well and um
1: that was uh it seemed to be a different clip than the one in the original. It would have been it, pretty cool to show like the same one.
0: Tragically though, it is not.
3: Tragically I just didn't understand not. why you're gonna spend two, three minutes that shot. Once again I'm not a not a cinematographer, so
0: I know why.
3: You're not even a cartographer. Why? none of us
0: are cartographers i am okay um i think because we all took notice of it right we all took notice of the fact that it was a car racing you know both i know billy watched the original one and i've seen that one i don't know if um Uh, James and Rick, if you guys went back and watched that one, but I think that one's like a Formula One racing situation. Mm -hmm. But um, with this one, you're paying attention to the cars, you're not paying attention to the copious amounts of blood all over everything. Your attention is captivated by the cars because we are so desensitized to violence and blood, and things like that. It's part of the point that Michael Haneke is trying to make about violence in media, right? Because even <laughs> though we're not seeing these murders and things happen, he wrote an essay to accompany his feelings about this called violence, uh, it's got a plus sign so violence and media, and it continues to push the notion that we're trying to entertain the audience, importance of entertainment, because it gives you something else to watch entirely that captivates your attention while we're looking at blood dripping all over a TV set and living room.
3: Got your ass, Rick i mean i guess i didn't think about it i just thought about why are they showing the damn tv for three minutes show something else because you are desensitized to the fact there is a a, a blood splatter on the wall the size the of a dartboard I don't think they should show the tv for three minutes
1: go to something else i don't care god damn it rick well i don't mean to gloss over that i mean i you know i feel like rick is sadder about the dog than the kid
3: um i mean that's but- sad but i mean i don't know dude i don't i had so many issues with this film but anyway continue well like well, what let's talk let's talk about the issue like, yeah that's what was we're here people. for there was too many shots of stupid shit they're gonna be like let me just spend 10 minutes watching her trying to get out of this tape and walk across the room oh and then she finally freeze herself really bro come on you could have done I think something it gives else a
0: realistic else. look i think it's funny or silly when characters in movies pop out of tape and pop out of any kind of handcuffs or whatever in about 30 seconds because i know like I'm an idiot, there's no way I would be able to slip out of, like, taped up handcuffs or whatever in a few seconds. Like, I think it's a realistic take and it makes you uncomfortable the same way that a lot of other things in the movie make you uncomfortable.
3: And have you do it I seconds to... after her kid is blown away. Right. Those scenes kind of made me bored, but that was just me. But, That's sorry. That's I mean,
0: like, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely free to have your opinion. I'm just offering a different take.
3: Oh, I know. It was just boring.
1: No, I, I think Rick needs to change his take. <laughs> <clears throat>
3: well you know this is where
1: the rubber really meets the road on home invasion flicks you know it's it's really the first known death because we did see the body next door we don't know what happened to the neighbors um you know the the mom the dad the daughter we don't know who that is it's one of them but of our protagonists we just lost one family of threes now a family of two and unlike many others it's the kid who gets it this time. I, I was I was very sad about that. Um, especially after his climactic escape attempt. I really thought he was going to do something good there. And it was a valiant effort. And for his efforts, he's lying dead in a pool of blood. And we're worried about fucking NASCAR. And in fact... You know, you you said that Tim Roth, you know, said he never watched this film after making it because Georgie reminded him of his real-life son, right? You brought that up or did you just bring up the fact that he had never watched it?
0: No, he said that, the thing about his son.
1: Okay. I heard it no more. Well, we heard it from Rick, but at this yeah, point, he said he never watched it ever, like he's never watched it. Right, right. But because it reminded him of his real-life son, right?
2: Um, and Tim Roth has something in common.
1: <laughs> I was I was thinking like no you don't have a son you oh <laughs> you <laughs> never mind but at this point Tom and Paul just leave. So, okay, here's a little confusion that I had. Did they leave or did they go over to the greenhouse? And what were they doing? Because I was confused by this scene entirely. I couldn't yeah, I figure out what was up. Like we see a faraway shot of the house, right, Rick, and uh, beside it is that greenhouse where the lights completely on and somebody's there. George is yeah. in the house using his Vidal Sassoon hairdryer and <laughs> gone and into the night to search for help. So is that Tom and Paul in the greenhouse? Casey
0: um i don't think i took note of that as much as i should have because looking back like i remember seeing the light on but i didn't think it was them because when they come back the next day they they say something and i wish i remembered like in this moment but they say something that to me implies that they got some rest
1: okay then i'm still confused by the greenhouse scene yeah i Well, Anne I was so close it. to Maybe getting I'm out mom. of there. Yeah. Well, well, she, yeah. She was so close. And, you know, she was hiding out of sight. The truck drives by. It clearly, clearly was not the intruders. Um, if that truck stops, you know, she's 86ing from this thing and bringing some help. And it feels like George is making progress with a phone when, of course, he hears somebody walk into the house again. But all we hear is a small object hit the ground and roll, which, of course, is a golf ball that was taken by Paul or Tom. Tom, right? No Paul uh,
0: Jerry. Paul right. is Jerry.
1: Paul is Jerry, right. So He's you know the intruders the are back. Name. Right. I I only remember um the 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 Tom and the Pauls and I just mixed it up. So I I've, I had one <laughs> job and I fucked it up. But you know the the intruders are back and they've brought Ann back home. So apparently they were the uh the second vehicle that was coming down the road after. But um you know we know now who's next in line to die and it's George. So Tom takes the knife to him off camera again. Uh, Paul continues to torment Anne with more mind games, making her say prayers to determine the method of death. And the real mind fuck here, guys, is when Anne grabs the gun from the table and blows Tom away. Like, but no, wait, that's not even the real mind fuck. The real mind fuck is that once Tom is blown away, Paul picks up a remote control, rewinds what we're seeing to before the gunshot. He grabs the gun and finishes off George. Like what? When did this become a thing? Because at this point, we've seen a few instances. And I've kind of skipped over this. We've seen a few instances of breaking the fourth wall, which I was just whatever with. But now we're in a fucking to- uh <laughs> We're in an Adam Sandler flick where you can just pause the movie and rewind it. Yeah, Adam
3: Sandler. Asleep- I yeah, I kind of really had to issue with this. I I get it, but I thought it was oh. just kind. I thought it was kind of stupid. Oh, I'm just going to rewind it and then just here's what really happened. You know, it's like the movie Clue has all this different endings. Well, you know, like
1: I don't clue. I, I don't think it was a here's what's really happened. I think this was a hey, this happened. So I'm just literally going to record re, uh, rewind real life, and that's well, the part that, that, that kind of lost
2: me. Yeah. So I mean, I've been lost from the beginning,
1: James you once were lost but now you are found sir because we are coming up on the end and uh you know talking about the 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 final scene here i did want to say
0: real quick real quick before um i just wanted to make the note that in the original the prayer sequence took 28 takes and the actress suzanne lothar who was the mother in that film the Anne character who i do believe had a different name um, took 28 takes and that before her scenes she used to make herself cry for 20 minutes and apparently she had a total breakdown after that sequence was
3: done filming. Did did Casey did they rewind the movie in the original or was that an American thing? No they do it in both. Okay. And I think Nearly it pushes
0: that. the narrative that they have complete control.
1: Yes. Um, which also is reinforced by the breaking the fourth wall.
0: Like, Yeah the family has no advantages in this situation and it pushes that we know that that they're right. not going to make it.
1: And you think, you know, the final scene coming up when they take Anne out on the boat and you think, okay, here's where Anne prevails.
0: Not even for a little bit. She grabs
1: a knife. She starts to try to cut the ropes right in front of them. (laughs) They pull her over where they are. He asks the time. He tells them after eight, I believe.
0: Yeah, he said just after eight.
1: And then his words to Anne are, Chow Bella. And he just pushes her off the back of the boat and continues on like nothing happened. Complete anticlimactic. But the lesson here is that sometimes the good guys just can't win. The, sometimes the bad guys just hold all the cards and they get away with it with no repercussion.
0: Presumably multiple times because we see him exit Love the Twice sailboat. at least. Yep, twice at least. And then he walks up to the next house and begins a dichotomy with uh, Siobhan, what is her name? What's her
1: full Sh- name? Shobhan Hogan-Fallon or Fallon Hogan. Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. F- Fantastic um,
1: actress. She's been in a lot of stuff, and I, I, I really do
0: like her. Holes. Um, she was in Holes. Yes.
1: I, was she also <laughs> in... Um... Men in Black?
0: I don't
1: know. I think she had a small part Men in Black. But, you know, now knowing the outcome and, you know, the fate of our protagonist, like, let's go back to a couple of points that I made. Like, knowing what happens with George's golf club and knowing that at the beginning during the roadside interaction when Naomi Watts is, you know, saying in jest that practicing is against the rules, um, is is this when the neighbors get off? I mean, you have to think they're running a similar scheme, like you said, um, that they ran with George and Anne by asking to use the golf clubs. I mean, I don't know that we do see the body of the wife and actually, you know what? It totally slipped my mind. I have in my notes right here that it was Jenny who was in the the bathroom upstairs in the house because when, um, when Georgie runs in to hug his mom, he says, mommy, they
0: killed Jenny.
1: I took that, uh, no- I took that note later on.
0: I didn't even pay attention to that bit.
1: Yep. Well, I mean, it was one quick line and he said it while crying. So you might not be able to hear what he's saying, but, um, you know, later on back at the beginning or you know after that when the the neighbor comes to the gate with paul um naomi Naomi Watts ask about his wife Eve he says how's Eve and he says she's fine, but if you're paying attention, like he cuts his eyes downward with like such a sad look so I think at at this point the wife is already dead, and I think the husband knows about it uh Mr. Thompson I think something has just literally happened to Eve Mr. Thompson knows. And when he's asked, he's hit with just the sadness that he has to keep, you know, uh, under wraps. But my, my question is, in all this is, at every moment in time, these two early 20s, late teens kids are outnumbered. You, you're telling me that Mr. Thompson and, and George can't take these guys out with a dog? Why does, why does Mr. Thompson not say, you know what, like, now's the time. I've got George in front of me. Let's turn on this kid. This is the, this is the one hole that I can't get over. I know for a fact that if somebody is dragging me over to James's house and I have to put on a facade for a couple of minutes and I give James the wink and I hit the ground with this kid. James is stomping ass. Why are George and Mr. Thompson not getting after it?
0: James, can you confirm
1: this?
2: James will go full Conan barbarian (laughs) on anybody that Bill brings over to my house. Anybody at all?
1: Yeah, like wink or not. (laughs) It's like, hey, we're here for pancakes. You son of a bitch.
2: I'm already suspicious when Bill pulls in the driveway anyway. (laughs) If he's got somebody with him, I'm looking at that character pretty close.
1: (laughs) See, do not call me a liar. James is ready for war the moment my car pulls in the driveway. Why? Because my car does not pull in the driveway.
2: I'm locked and loaded as soon as the tires hit the gravel out there. (laughs) James, you're
1: a blessing, and I'm proud of you. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this week. Well, what do we have, like, final thoughts on
3: Funny Game?
0: Rick, you've been talking a lot of shit. How you feeling?
3: Um, have we convinced you at
2: all, Rick? And the thunder no, uh,
3: no, honestly, it was way too slow. It was pretty drawn out and boring in a lot of parts. I get some people like that. Um, I could have done without showing the dog dying. You can imply it's dead. Why do you have to show it? Um, yeah, it was pretty boring, man, honestly. Everyone's got their opinions. I thought it was pretty boring. Didn't well, do it why don't for me. We just,
1: why don't we just remake this movie and put it on PBS? Put it on Cartoon <laughs> Network.
3: Wouldn't really honestly care to see it a second time, though. So. There was no musical score. That was kind of annoying and weird. Um, That's a good point. There is no musical score, and I think that adds to the discomfort. But, you know, everyone has their own opinion. I didn't really care for it. I would give it like a three and a half out of ten. damn, Rick. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't really like it at all. So Why
1: even give them the half? Just stop at three. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay, it's well.
2: It's like eating bad sushi. You know what's coming, but you can't stop eating it. Man, oh. that was oh.
1: deep. <laughs> that was deep. But, you know, here in Tennessee, we don't call it sushi. We call it bait. Casey, final thought.
0: Obviously, I like this movie. Um, when we first started putting the podcast together, Billy asked us to collect up some of our favorite horror movies that we could talk about. And this was on my original cut for my list. Um, this is that. one of my this is one of my favorite home invasion movies. Um, and I think it's a oh I don't know about y'all, I just got sure. an Amber Alert. Um I need another one. Sad. But um, this is one of my favorite examples of a home invasion movie, and this is straight up my alley.
1: You know, home invasion horror is um, it, it is one of those that maybe isn't for everybody. It obviously isn't for Rick. In this case, maybe another version would be. Did you ever see The Strangers, Rick? Yeah, and I like that movie a lot. You know what I think? Then I've, I've got a old diagnosis for you. I've got a diagnosis. I think in All order right, well, for you're... horror, <laughs> I think in order for a horror movie to satisfy you, you need the Halloween pageantry. You need masks. You need well, big I, old I monsters.
3: This movie did not scare me at all. It, that's because was, you're scared of masks.
1: Well yeah, because you can't see what's going on. Right. You look into the eyes of these kids, you don't know what's going on.
2: You got the mask on backwards. <laughs> you see what's going on.
1: <laughs> so Rick, that that's my di- diagnosis with you. You I, I believe you need
2: negative.
1: I think you need for there to be masks. Big ugly monsters, real formidable foes. I think when you get just a regular, dro- a regular Joe out there out thinking people or, you know, scheming, that's where you kind of check out.
2: Well, you know, can't nobody out scheme me, Bill. No, <laughs> never,
1: never. You, you made it through this podcast without watching one goddamn minute of the movie. And that, sir, is a scheme. That is a scheme.
2: I watched this movie, Bill. That hurt really? my stomach. <laughs> no.
1: Are you sure it wasn't the sushi? Especially the non-stop sushi.
2: Well, it was gas station sushi. <laughs>
1: the best of all sushi. Just like this
2: movie. This it was, was a bait gas shop station sh- movie. <laughs>
1: it was bait shop sushi. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, guys, I really enjoyed the movie. I will give it a solid 7.5 out of 10. Uh, you know, 10 being Friday the 13th Part 2, and 1 being Big Top Peewee. But... <laughs> But guys, you already heard what we're going to hear next week, what we're going to review next week. It's going to be Quentin Tarantino's... It is not Ernest Scared Stupid. Please do not stop after that soundbite. It will most definitely be Quentin Tarantino's film, Death Proof. Oh, God. (laughs) I can't make him happy.
2: The only time I've seen this movie was at Bill's house. And I thought about killing him then.
1: James, (laughs) there's a lap dance scene in this movie, and if, if for anything else, you can tune in for that
2: and this one Philly, guys, is this the one where the girls got a gun for a lady hey, i've never seen it no it's planet terror
1: oh believe it or not one.
3: i'm excited i've never seen this
1: well guys you're gonna be happy to know that there is gonna be a ton of competition for the hammer award next week more than there's ever been before oh god okay we had like three candidates from the village we're gonna have like nine candidates in death nine Wolf. Nine. You heard me. Nine. Comes after eight before ten.
2: Oh, yeah. All
1: right, guys, that's going to do it for this week. For Final Girl Casey, for the Godfather of Droll, James Brown, and for the Memphis Menace, Rick Sims. I am Billy Graves. This was the Slashers and Screamers Podcast, and we will catch you in a minute.